Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ohio Huntsman podcast with your hosts Jason, Jacob, and Jeff. And today is going to be kind of a a hodgepodge of topics. We're going to talk about, uh, if you've been following us on social, we're going to talk about Jacob and Jeff's trip down to the cabin for uh, some shed hunting and turkey season scouting. We're going to talk about some um, the youth turkey harvest numbers and what those are looking like and just a a variety of topics. So this will be a fun one. Before we get into that, though, I want to talk about our sponsor, Monster Whitetail Grub. Monster Whitetail Grub is an Ohio company, which is one of the reasons we really like them. We're an Ohio podcast. They're an Ohio company, so that's a good fit. And uh, they just make really good deer feed and deer mineral products. We've been really happy with their products so far. they got a high-protein feed that's got mineral mixed into it. So when the feed is gone, they continue to come back to get the mineral. They also sell just a straight mineral, which is now's a great time to be getting the mineral out for one for antler growth. The bucks are starting to, we're already seeing the, the nubbins. So they need that mineral for antler growth, as well as the does are in late stages of pregnancy, getting ready to drop fawns and going to start lactating. And they need that mineral for good, healthy fawn development. So if you're interested in that kind of stuff, looking for products like that, check them out. We would appreciate it. There will be links to their Facebook page. That's the best way to get a hold of them and, and sort of get into their product line. There'll be links to all of that in the show notes. And with that, let's get into the topic. So like we said, I wasn't able to go. So I'm going to kind of hand it over to Jacob and Jeff and they're going to run down their, uh, shed hunting and turkey season scouting trip. And so, I don't know, where do you guys want to start? I wasn't there. You, you guys were able to share a little bit on social, you know, with the, the spotty sort of uh, internet connection or, or data connection down there. So take us through your weekend. What day did you guys get down there? I got down there first. I took uh, Lily down. So Lily and I got down... Lily's my daughter, my oldest child, um, three and a half years old, took her down. Um, I didn't have to work Friday, so we got, we left around lunchtime, got lunch down there. Lunch on Friday? Yeah, lunch Friday, okay. yeah. Um, got down there late afternoon, early evening, um, and then kind of opened the cabin up. It wasn't too closed up because another guy we hunt with had been down the previous weekend, um, so I didn't have to worry about fetching water and stuff. He had filled the water bins and stuff out of the well. So that's always um, nice. Yeah. So I got the power on and got everything up and rocking. And then I wanted to get out in the woods. You know, I don't like to drive down there to sit in the cabin. So I drug Lily out. I borrowed a, um, I don't know, dad calls it a papoose, but, um, it's like one of those framed backpack kid carrier things. A papoose? That's what Dad <laughs> called it. I've never even heard that. I have so That's, I that's mean, what Dad called it. <laughs> yeah, a papoose is not anything like that. Uh, well, <laughs> like a, so a papoose is like, yeah, something completely different. A different uh, child-carrying right. device. Well, the old man is wrong then. Um, anyhow, it's like a framed backpack hiking child carrier it's designed to carry yeah. a kid on your back so it's, but it's got a little frame to it and yeah um so i threw her in that and well i made her walk up the hill to at least start and then i threw her in that and walked down the hill through the woods 
with her on my, on my back, which how'd that work? Um, it went surprisingly better than I expected. Um, like, does it like, ride good? Like, is it does, generally it rides good? My daughter's a little too big for it. Height wise. My daughter's very tall and thin. Um, for a three and a half year old, it kind of sounds funny, but, um, she's like 99 plus percentile for height. And then she's relatively thin. So she only weighs 35 pounds, I think. Okay. Um, but she's tall. So that's the only issue I had. It rode on me fine, but the problem was her head when she was in it was above my head. Oh, which is not good for walking through the woods, you know, where we, (laughs) where we hunt something. Right. It's not manicured forest by any means. I mean, it's very much good deer habitat. There's a lot of undergrowth and thick nasties. And so I tried to find the most open path I could and, she learned quickly that she had to hide her head behind mine because <laughs> I had to tell her a couple times, like, I can't see you back there. So I don't know where your head is. So when I tell you, you need to duck down behind my head because otherwise you're going to get a stick to the face. So, so what was your, um, this, this first trip into the woods, you were just, this was a quick shed hunting jaunt to see close to the cabin. Or? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I went up to the graveyard which means nothing to our listeners, but means something to you guys uh, yeah. up to the graveyard and looped around and came back down through that first set of woods there next to our cabin, basically. So um, yeah, let me, let me try to explain that a little bit. So our cabin is down in a valley and uh, so everything is uphill from our cabin. So the first hollow there down the road from our cabin up on the top left side of this this uh ridge that goes around the back of this hollow there's an old graveyard up there and so that's when jacob says the graveyard you know anybody that hunts down there knows the graveyard but uh so it's a big big hollow big bowl in the back and you went up and walked out and around that bowl back down to the road then or yeah yeah just up and around i found the easiest most open path i could that wasn't too steep that we fell down the hill together um so we managed, it wasn't my goal, you know, was to shed hunt, but there wasn't a lot of shed hunting done because I was more worried about finding good footing and keeping sticks out of our face. Yeah. So we'll title it as a shed hunting jaunt through the woods, but it was more just a walk through just the woods. A hike. I, yeah. I really didn't get to look for much in the way of sheds. Well, that's, um, I mean, you don't want to traumatize her on the, you know, right. put a bad taste in her mouth at three and a half you know right right so i didn't find anything on that walk but i at least took the i went and looked there's a field up on the top that is next to this graveyard that i found a little dinker and dinker shed in before sometimes they come out into that field and feed it's not planted usually in anything too palatable to deer it's normally like hay it's like a hay field yeah yeah so it's not like it's a cornfield or beans or anything that's really going to hold the deer. Um, but sometimes late season, if they run out of food, they go out there and pick around at the new green stuff coming up. But um, didn't find anything. Did a little walk. Tried out the backpack thing that we borrowed from Jeff's family. Jeff's wife's family. Um, it worked 
pretty well for what it is. Like I said, my daughter's a little on the bigger side for it. She's at like the maximum weight. And like I said, she's tall. So it wasn't a perfect system, but it worked. Um, and then we came down the hill and played in the Creek until Jeff Amber and dad got there. And then once they got there, it was basically dark. We had start. Well, I had started a bonfire before they got there. Um, and once they got there, it was dark. We had a bonfire. We did the roast marshmallows, eat the campfire pizzas, hang out. And that was Friday. They got down late because they worked. They all worked Friday. So right, yeah. they couldn't even make their way down there till after five o'clock. So. That was Friday, and then Saturday we were up in Adam pretty early. I mean, as soon as the sun came up, my daughter's up, so yeah, just kind of hung out, ate breakfast, and then started another jaunt up on so, Saturday. So what was the, and Jeff chime in here, like what was your guys' strategy? Was it was it a more of a shed hunt or more of a turkey hunt? scouting at that saturday morning or kind of what was your plan when you set out saturday morning saturday morning uh my ultimate goal for saturday was to get a trail camera put up in a spot that i shot a turkey last year um so that was my ultimate goal was to get to that spot in the woods and uh so i kind of made everybody tag along with me that direction um so that's that was our kind of our goal was at least mine was to get to that spot to put that trail camera out and kind of look for antlers and listen for turkey along the way and so you your plan with that camera you left it up you're going to leave it up until just turkey season we go down for turkey season or did was it just for the weekend no i left it up i'm gonna check it when I go out hunting for turkey season to see okay. what and uh on on our way up there uh you know we we started up the hill uh our dad and Jacob's daughter Lily um Lily got tired after just walking up the hill and uh our dad caved and took her right back to the cabin so that they could <laughs> bake so that they could bake a cake together oh so uh then it was just uh me and my wife amber and jacob and jacob split off and kind of walked the middle of the hillside and amber and i walked the ridge top and uh when we got pretty close to the area that i had shot my turkey last year uh we started hearing uh turkey gobblers firing off in the same thicket of pines that i've always heard gobblers in um you know i've been hunting this area for the past i think this would this will be the fourth year maybe the fifth year i've hunted it last year was the first time i actually ever got one of these toms um they they hold pretty tight and they don't really like to come to calling um, but last year we made it happen. Um, so started hearing them firing off. Uh, 
only walked another maybe 20 yards and found a nice uh, four-point shed. So that was cool. Uh, so is this is this on the the right side of the road or yeah yeah on the right okay. side uh, all the way up on the ridge top there's okay. uh, a patch of pines up there uh, this this patch of this patch of pines this is the infamous spot where Jacob busted his face shooting a deer last year yes <laughs> oh Got right it. up on top yeah yeah right took a little scope bite. <laughs> But so that's where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. So then I uh, walked a little bit further to the exact spot that I shot that turkey last year. Um, There was a fallen tree that I had gotten in the branches of and set up in. Uh, So I had Amber sit there as I kind of edged out the ridge a little bit further to see if try to find a place where. When turkey season comes, I could set up on these turkey if they're in the same place. Um, There wasn't any good spots out the ridge, so I went back to that tree and kind of cleared out some shooting lanes. And I cleared out like a path, basically, along the ridge top so that there wasn't any branches or fallen trees, you know, that a a turkey might get hung up on um, so that I could call them straight down the ridge to me so i uh put the trail camera right by that and cleared out some shooting lanes and set set up a spot for myself for uh turkey season well that sounds good sounds promising hopefully it comes together yeah so jake you were you were down the hill farther than at this point uh yeah i walked or i walked yeah i walked the middle of that hillside that runs the whole road there basically with the way our, like Jason said, our cabin is down at the bottom of basically everything's uphill. So the hill behind our cabin basically runs parallel to the road for the most part. So you can walk that entire hill all the way down to the end of the property. We're allowed to hunt. Basically it's just one face kind of that goes. So I walked the middle, you know, halfway from the top of the ridge and the road halfway i walked straight across i didn't find anything it's pretty thick through there um i take that back i found the devil horn deadhead that if you follow us on social that i believe jason you posted a picture of that yeah and in, in the stories yeah if you guys watch our our instagram stories so, i posted a picture of that uh it's a yeah, it, deer skull yes. that could have been uh easily mistaken for some kind of devil skull or demon or something it was kind of cool yeah it had some it was just a little spike but the way its antlers kind of were or the way they shaped or looked it definitely yeah, had like a demon look to it so i found that in a uh spot that if you do any well any hunting or shed hunting or anything like that you kind of know what i mean when it's just a it was a buck had a buck feel to it <laughs> um just a bedding feel it just was an area it's hard to explain unless you're there it's just a place that looked like and felt like it held deer they bedded there um and i found that deadhead in there um looked around there combed that pretty tight didn't see anything else couldn't find anything else Um, and that was just that wasn't even a full skull right that was just the 
skull cap that was left or uh yeah i mean well yeah basically it was an older it wasn't this year i mean it had been sitting there so yeah it was half of the top jaw kind of was left on it it had been chewed up on and decayed away and it had some moss like growing on the bases and it'd been there for a while okay um so i kind of milled around that area because i felt like that this is a good spot never found anything so then i worked my way down the ridge to the road across the road and then up into um a place down there that we called gales hollow it's national forest there's an old house that's in there that legend has it or rumor has it that gail a woman by the name of gail lived in that house so it's gail's hollow real creative um so i went over across into that hollow which again we've had good luck in just with deer it's a thick overgrown hollow um i worked my way um there's a kind of a road that has been cleared out uh like i said it's national forest land but for some reason there was a road put in there um that they've kind of cleared out so i walked that a little bit just to get myself back in there a little easier um like i said i did not have my daughter with me by this point because my dad had taken her back so at this point i'm in full shed hunting mode um and i worked my way up to the top of the if you're looking back into this hollow on the right side up on top there's a big oak flat up there um where i found a good amount of sheds jason that's where you found one of your yeah sheds up in there that we talked earlier again if you follow us on social where we're debating if it was a match set you found a couple years apart or what yeah, but yeah um one of those antlers was found up in that area where i was um and i combed around up there again because i was in full shed mode at this point and i found two old shed antlers um that were at least a year old if not older which is kind of funny because i've looked up there for shed antlers every year (laughs) and apparently i missed these um they were pretty chewed right i mean there wasn't much left of them yeah i mean the one was basically just the main beam you know the main and it was even that was chewed in half like half yeah i was gonna say half of the main beam right half of the main beam um and then the other one was basically all the tines had been chewed off for the most part it's the whole main beam but it's a pretty good for down there i mean it's not corn-fed country so it's a good size base and main beam it would have been a big deer that dropped that antler um but it's hard to say if it's any deer we've ever seen because there was no tines, you know, antler. So it's hard to tell characteristics of an antler when everything's been chewed off of it. Right. But yeah, Act- pretty good actually, a funny thing habit. about the antler I found uh, was that the uh, the pedicle still had blood on it and there was still fur attached to the antler. So it appeared to be relatively a fresh shed. Wow. You know, so I think... The buckeye that dropped that uh, held on to him for a while. Yeah. We heard a lot of that this year. That, I mean, we saw some of that on our, our trail cameras, and we had people, you know, writing in on our social pages and stuff telling us that it seemed like they were holding late in a lot of areas. Okay, so uh, 
so yeah, I walked that oak flat and again, found old antlers, didn't find anything new. Um, but it definitely will be a spot. I will shed hunt very, very carefully going forward because clearly that because I'm assuming because of all the old, I mean, it's a lot of big oak trees up there. So all the residual acorn, they must spend a lot of time up there late season because we've found, I mean, if you count the pieces that I found, that's six sheds, I think, that have come off that oak flat. Yeah. So it's, you know, and some of them are pretty, I mean, my biggest shed to date I found up on that oak flat. It's a big, you know, it's got a drop tine and everything. It's a big yeah. piece of yeah. bone, um, which we've never seen. We've never really run cameras down there because it's a lot of public land and it's not close to home. So we're t- hesitant to run a camera, you know, for months at a time down there. Um, so it's hard to say what's down there size wise or deer wise. Uh, but typically guys down there don't pull a lot of really big deer just because of the terrain and the there's not a lot of farm because it's steep hills you know if there is there's not i don't know if i've ever seen corn or beans down there it's always hay if anything yeah i if i'm being honest i kind of like not running cameras down there yeah not knowing because it it sort of leaves it as a mystery you never know what's going to come by or you're, or at least I am, um, less willing to let a deer walk because, you know, when you're running cameras and you know, oh, there's a bigger one around, like you want to wait for the big one. Whereas down there, yeah, maybe this is the big one, you know, like, and so it just sort of, I don't know, seems more natural, more, less, uh, I don't know what the word is, but like, it leaves the mystery, right? The cabin is this sort of a special place, you know, and you go down and you get away and I don't know, not yeah. saying that I wouldn't, but like, that's, that's kind of a nice thing, I guess, in some aspects. Yeah, it's definitely kind of nice. It's certainly, and I think I've talked about this or we've talked about this before, like it really adds some extra wonder or mystique to <laughs> opening day. You know, because you literally have no idea what's in the woods. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, you could get a monster buck come by or you could see nothing but does and you really have no idea. And that's the same, you know, for opening day or when we go down and we do a rutcation, quote unquote, a bow weekend during the rut. You know, it's the same thing. You just really don't have any idea what is coming. Um, so that kind of adds a little bit of excitement. Like you said, it's kind of like, a the big one could be coming or it could not be, you know, it's just, I don't know. The mystery yeah. kind of does add to it. I, I yeah. could agree with what you're saying there. Um, so, but yeah, we, uh, worked down and around and I didn't, I found those two old sheds and that was the extent of our shed finds for the weekend. Um, I went over to. A uh, guy who hunts with us, he's got some property down there around a couple miles away. And I went and drove over there and um, walked his property. And that's, I was shed hunting and I also was 
more turkey scouting over there because I've turkey hunted over there and seen some. Well, one time I turkey hunted, I saw some hens, but I never saw any um, gobblers. So I wanted to do a little bit of walking around to see what I could find. And I I put a camera up um, over there just to see on top of a... He's got like a field that runs a ridge that's used to be, I'm assuming, a crop field. I don't know. It's hard to get out of him. It's his mom's property, so it's hard to get out of him what it exactly has happened or yeah. hasn't happened or whatever. I think um, it used to be a cattle pasture. Cattle pasture, okay. I think. Anyhow, it's it's not, it's a cleared, the ridge top is clear. So it presents as kind of like a field between two hollows that in theory would be a perfect spot to hunt turkey because turkey could be on either side of you in the hollows in the trees and then come down into the field to do some bugging, eating, whatever. Yeah. So I put a camera up there again, like I said, in the past I've been up there turkey hunting and busted some hens out of the field when I was coming in. If I remember right that year it was pouring rain. So we were not wanting to go sit out in the rain. So we got out late and when I was creeping up, to try to find a spot to start calling. I busted some hens out of this field. So I put a camera up there to see if turkey hang out in there or if it was a one-time thing. Again, I left it. Um, well, pull it or I'll go check it when we're down turkey hunting. Yeah. And hope for the best, I guess. Okay. So Jeff, anything to add? Any other finds for you? Uh, that evening... You know, in the morning, I went back for lunch after doing all that uh, setting up for the turkey. Uh, In the evening, I went and walked a patch of national forest um, that we don't get on a whole lot. Um, There's some other guys that hunt that area. So there's other hunting pressure. So we kind of stay off that area. Um, But I went over there and walked around, um, found some really nice rubs um the deer habitat didn't really look great over there um you know it was kind of big open woods for most of it um and i did a whole lot of walking looking for sheds didn't find anything Uh, i found a, a small fawn skull um but that was it uh it started getting late so i was heading out of the woods and uh as i got you know maybe 100 yards from the road uh, i started hearing some some hens yelping so i kind of sat down to listen to them and uh then the symphony started there was hens yelping everywhere and gobblers and so that was all exciting that's Uh, cool yeah yeah and uh once i finally had you know enjoyed it enough i started heading down to the road and uh when i got to the road uh and i was walking back to the cabin i discovered where kind of the central location was where those turkey were uh there's a guy who's got a trailer back off the road there and uh they were hanging out in basically his yard uh 
sitting there. You know, that's where they decided to meet up that day. And so I saw uh, two toms and a couple of hens back there. So that was cool. So since you got this spot picked out up on top of the ridge, are you going to tell me where this other spot is where, where you saw the turkeys? No, because it, it it's the same turkeys, basically. It's they're just across. Oh, I mean, on. I'll tell you where it is, but <laughs> it's the same. It's the same turkeys. We'd be hunting the same turkeys. OK. You know. All right. So but, then Sunday was uh, pretty much a washout, right? You guys just kind of packed up and headed home or. Yeah. Uh, we did see a turkey when we were heading out, though, uh, in a field. So that was cool. Looked like a little Jake. That's so. cool. All right. So speaking of turkeys, the youth turkey harvest numbers are in. Posted about it the other day. Uh, so this year that for the two-day youth season, which was kind of like a one-day youth season because Sunday most of the state saw a lot of rain. Um, harvest numbers were 1,318 turkeys harvested for 2019. As compared to 2018, uh, they harvested 1,855 turkeys. And if you go back another year, it was 1,886 turkeys during the, the two-day youth season. So pretty, uh, it's like 28.9% decrease decline decrease in harvest numbers but i don't you know we've talked to mike about uh mike tonkovich about deer numbers and i don't know i, I guess i want your guys' opinion on this but from what i've heard you know turkey numbers can fluctuate a lot because if you have like a really wet spring you know the, the nests can get flooded out or you know just different things turkey populations swing a lot and i sort of doubt that the youth harvest is a good uh sort of measure of population health considering like i said there was a lot of rain on one of the two days of the season so i guess what i'm saying is i'm not too alarmed by the fact that the numbers were down 29 percent yeah I, thoughts i wouldn't I'm kind of with you. I wouldn't look into it too much. It was, although Saturday was beautiful across the state for pretty much everybody. Like you said, Sunday was miserable washout rain. I mean, it wasn't light drizzle. It was pretty steady rain all day. So I can't imagine many guys got out. I'd, I'd be curious to know out of those 1,300 plus turkey that were harvested that weekend how many were harvested saturday versus sunday yeah if i had to guess it was probably 11 or 1200 on saturday and a couple hundred if not less on sunday right um so if you know if you had another and i i don't know i didn't go back and look to see what the weather was the previous years but i did especially the weather go ahead the weather the, the past two years both you know, Saturday and Sunday was nice. The the weather the past three years, both Saturday and Sunday was fairly nice for most of the state. All right. So when especially when you're throwing kids out in the woods, you know, I mean, generally kids are a little less tolerant and patient in general compared to an adult. So when you throw bad weather, 
I don't know many guys that want to take their kid out in the pouring rain to possibly not, you know what I mean, see a turkey because your kid's too loud or whatever. It's just not. um, You definitely have to have a blind or something set up if you were going to, I would imagine. I mean, right. So I wouldn't be too alarmed about that quote unquote decrease. I don't know that that even indicates a decrease in turkey population. I, I just think it's mostly a decrease in harvested turkey due to weather. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not worried about it. And from a population standpoint, I don't think it's much of an indicator of a low population this year. Um, you know, it's slightly concerning from a, you know, there was a lot of disappointed or most likely there was a lot of disappointed youth hunters out there. Right. And, uh, I went back and looked at some of the some of the data and uh, youth tags or the turkey hunting. You know, the purchase of tags has been trending downward uh, the past five years to begin with. Really? And the yeah, yeah. And the largest portion of those tags that's you know trending down is youth. So. See, I never guessed that. Yeah, that's surprising to me. Yeah. Uh, because it, it feels like turkey hunting is getting more popular. Like, you know, right. we're getting into it more and that like, but maybe that's just our sphere that we're exposed to or aware of. But, it, you know, it feels like turkey hunting is getting more popular in Ohio, especially as, you know, it feels like the turkey hunting is getting better. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. The, the largest, the only group I think that tag numbers were growing in was non-resident tags. Um, there, there was a pretty, over the past five years, there was a pretty sharp increase, uh, in non-resident tags. Everything else I think was trending in a downward direction. Hmm. Yeah. See, that's shocking to me. Cause like I said, I just, just being rel. I mean, as a turkey hunter, as I've discussed previously, I'm, I can't even call myself a turkey hunter as a guy who sits in the woods in camo during turkey season. Um, I've. I agree with you. I feel like it, it's getting more and more popular. It's getting more and more, you know, more and more media coverage. And it's like the new popular thing. Turkey hunting is the new cool thing to do. But apparently that's not showing up in real data. Yeah. Um, I just, I feel like every high school kid is walking around clucking on a hen clucker while they're walking through the hallways at school. You know, I I don't know. I just feel like that's how, like how cool much thing time now. are you spending in a in a high school hallway? I'm not anymore. <laughs> I guess and that's probably not happening because apparently I'm way off. So but I just pulled I, up the 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 2018 spring wild turkey season results, and uh, so for numbers to kind of back up what Jeff was saying, you know, like 2014 total tag sales, uh, 68,960. 2015 is 65,883, 2016, 66,436, 2017, 65,486, and 2018, 63,838. So from 2014 at almost 69,000 tags to 2018 at 60, call it 64,000 tags, 63,8. So yeah. Yeah. It's going down. That's going that's down. like I said. That's surprising to me because 
I feel like Ohio's turkey population is continuing to grow every year, which would mean there'd be more opportunity. But well, the non-residents are aware of it because in 2014 yeah, yeah. there was there was call it 3,500 non-resident tags. In 2018 there was 4,669 non-resident tags. Whereas, like Jeff said, every everything else, all the resident resident and resident youth those tag sales are going down. Interesting. That's interesting, yeah. I'd be curious to know, does the state do any type of a population estimate on Turkey? Do you guys know? I'm sure they do. I was going to say, I would imagine they do. I don't know where to find the information right off the top of my head, but I'm sure they do. We should try to get, you know, the equivalent of Mike for the turkey world on the show and talk turkeys. Yeah, because I'd be curious to know, because I I don't know, I guess as a layman, someone who's not, you know, elbow deep in turkeys, um, I just, I feel like the population's growing. It's a new, th- it's the new thing. It's the new cool thing to do in Ohio because, you know, they introduced turkey however many years ago and the population's just kind of grown from there. Right. Um. Which, you know, I don't know, it's easy for me to say I haven't killed a turkey, but for guys who have killed a turkey, they say, you know, there's nothing like it. So this is interesting, though. So the permit sales are going down, but the harvest numbers are going up. So 2014, there was 16,570 turkeys harvested in the state. 2018, 22,612. That's interesting. More effective. Well, yeah, 18 was a good year all around uh, for turkey hunting. Yeah. You know, there was very high populations. A lot. Of, I mean, I think uh, Washington County, where we hunt, you know, last year, they saw a 20% increase in turkey harvest, which is wow. huge. Yeah. And you know, that was pretty typical, I think, for the state, you know. So, 18 was a very good year, and hopefully 19 is as well. Yeah. I feel like it generally should be. I mean, we didn't, most of the state didn't have a very harsh winter. Um, so, you would think, I mean, I know the spring hatch is kind of what it is, but wasn't too harsh of a winter so that figure the birds should have generally survived and so far the spring i mean it's obviously just starting but um doesn't seem like it's been was last spring super wet do you guys remember i don't remember i feel like it was super wet but that's i could be misremembering yeah i don't know be interesting that like you said talk to the equivalent of mike for the deer world, but for Turkey and see, yeah. cause they would know the answer to all these questions. Yeah. <laughs> but, so yeah. The, the other interesting sort of tidbit I pulled out of this report is, uh, the first week of season is, is the time to get after it in 2017, 49% of the total harvest happened during the first week of season. And 2018, 46.2% of the total harvest happened during the first week. So, I don't know if that's because well, here's, 
they get harder to hunt or or what? Here's a question and maybe a food for thought. See what you guys think. Why does Ohio have their turkey season so late compared to other states? Because as you guys have known from experience, I think that's primarily because the turkeys first season is late. You know, I mean, it starts late, meaning after the first week of the season, the turkeys aren't gobbling hardly anymore. That's I mean, that's been my experience. Right. It's the tail end. So I, I feel like they have the season dates set for the population to grow because they're putting it late in the mating season, therefore allowing a lot of hens to get bred before you put a lot of pressure on them, on the toms. But, I mean, I don't know. You and I, you guys have been down at the cabin. Sometimes we go, because we have to go, you know, we all work for a living. We have to go on weekend whenever we can make it work. And I know two years ago, I wasn't down there last year, which you guys had a good year last year down there. But two years ago, you couldn't get a turkey to gobble down there. Right. I mean, we had we had guys on every hill and not a single one of us heard a turkey. Yeah, last year we were down there the first weekend. You know, season right. opened on a Monday. We were down there Friday, Saturday, right. Sunday. Right, and I think this year we're doing the same, aren't we? Yeah. So, yeah, it's... But, yeah, because I, I think we've decided to move that up because we had such bad luck with waiting. The turkeys just go silent after that first week, and I feel like the only thing I can think of is it's late. Ohio has a late start to their season. Yeah, the thing that kind of kills me is uh, the farm in Trumbull County. Um, I started hunting it the year for turkey. The year before, they they created that northeast zone. And you could catch the turkey, you know, that first week in pretty good breeding. You know, I mean, they were gobbling and the, the toms were fired up. And now they've switched to that northeast zone. That's later. And it, yeah, which is later. And you have the same problem the rest of the state seems to have. Right. Well, Jeff, I don't know if you know this or not, but where that farm sits, if you hunt, because we have permission on that property behind, oh. you know what I mean? If we, I guess yeah. if you're picturing it. The, to the east, right? No, the main, to the west. To the west. To the west. Yeah, the main farm we have permission on is the county line, and it also happens to be the line for that northeast section. So if you, yeah, position yourself right, you can actually get a week head start on them. Yeah, I was well aware of that, but the turkey don't hang out on that side of the farm. Mm. No, they don't. You're right. <laughs> Not generally. Yeah. No, they. They're not there. Yeah. So that's one thing about turkey hunt, man. You got to be where the turkeys are. I guess that's a that's a uh, kind of a dumb statement. You got to that's yeah. any hunting, right? You got to be right. Got to be where they are. I guess except for like opening day of gun season, you can just kind of go sit on, on public land. You can just sit in the woods anywhere and have a chance of a deer running by. Right. But uh, all right. So. That's, uh, I think my takeaway from this is we need to try to find somebody from the uh, Division of Wildlife to come talk to us about 
sort of the state of the union of turkeys and why the season dates are or when they are and because we don't we don't have the answers to these questions so mm-hmm. that'll be a good way to get them all right so anything else on turkeys before we move on no all right so the other thing we were going to talk about and jeff i, I think i'm going to kind of let you lead this but uh pennsylvania is talking about or has decided to they have they have they they've yeah. decided to move their the opening day of their firearm season to a saturday instead of a monday correct yeah they've they've moved it to the saturday after thanksgiving it it used to start the monday after thanksgiving just like ohio um, but they have moved it up to the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Um, they did some research uh, and surveyed people who had bought hunting licenses within the past five years, but hadn't bought licenses in the past two years. And to, to see if starting uh, the gun season on a Saturday would improve uh, their odds of buying another uh, hunting license, and most of the people responded that it that they either would or would be more likely to. So they their wildlife council voted to move it up to the Saturday after Thanksgiving. I'll be curious to see if like if it actually works, right? Like a survey data is one thing, but if you know, do people actually now? buy a license that hadn't been do their license sales increase this year mm-hmm. because you can hunt Saturday but can you hunt Sunday because I know Pennsylvania's got some weird sort of old Sunday hunting laws right yeah yeah at the current moment you cannot they're looking to change that too that's something that's being pushed hard but currently you cannot hunt Sunday in Pennsylvania so you would huh. start the season Saturday have to take Sunday off and then start up again uh, on Monday. Also, I'm pretty sure I'm not super familiar with Pennsylvania's deer season, um, but I'm pretty sure that first week is buck only. So that kind of changes some stuff too, because oh, their yeah. their hunting season with with starting on a Saturday, it's now a 14 day or not 14, 13 day season. So, it, so they're so they're extending the season versus just one shifting. day. Yeah, I believe okay. they're extending it one day. That was going to be my question. Are they adding a day on the front end or are they just shifting everything? So instead yeah. of it ending, you know, on whatever date, I know it's a two week season, but yeah, if it so they're not ending it a day early, they're just starting it a day early. Yeah, yeah, well, two day, two days early, but one official day because you can't hunt sunday right yeah they're adding one day of hunting right i think honestly i mean i'd be curious to see the data when it you know when it plays out i think they'll probably have a higher harvest because just more people can get out on the weekends um i mean your diehard hunters obviously take off for opening day right Um, it's just you know the people that hunting plays a priority or a top you know whatever i mean we don't miss opening day of gun season even if though it's on a monday we take off we use vacation yeah. whatever to happen um but your average 
guy who is, well, I kind of like to hunt, but I don't really care if I don't. I might get out. I might not. I feel like having it on a Saturday, they're more likely to get more of those guys in the woods. Yeah, I think they should have looked to Ohio and what we're doing. uh, Because what Ohio has done, I think, is much better um, with, first off, allow Sunday hunting. Because that allows people who work all week to hunt two days out of the week. And secondly, add weekend days to the end of season, you know, because they effectively for people who can only hunt the weekend in Ohio, they effectively doubled the the length of the season by adding that bonus gun weekend. Right, right. Right. I think that would have been a much better idea. I think that they are going to increase the odds of hunting accidents, you know, Pennsylvania is a very hunter dense state to begin with. And uh, having the opening day be a day where everybody can hunt, I think is going to be increase the danger. So funny you mentioned that. Um, I was reading this article from the QDMA about 10 big trends in the U.S. in the U.S. deer harvest. And uh, according to that, Pennsylvania is the most hunter dense state. Pennsylvania has the most bow hunters at 339,600 and the most per square mile at 7.6 hunters per square mile. Yeah, yeah. I I know things are dense over there, you know. So, I I think it's a dangerous move to I do. I guess I guess maybe this is maybe I should clarify. This is bow hunters per square mile they're talking about. So, they also do talk about opening day that nationally one in 10 deer are taken on opening day. So it's, a, it's, that's sort of their headline, but then they go on to say 11% of the total deer harvest in the country happens on the opening day of primary firearm season. So they looked at all the state's opening days and 11% of the, the national whitetail harvest happens on the opening day of, you know, each state's, they sort of added all that up, right? Mm-hmm. And they said uh, Minnesota leads the nation with 27% of their harvest happening on opening day. That's pretty crazy. That's a lot of yeah, yeah. That's a lot that's of deer a, hitting the ground. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of bloodshed. So, I guess I don't know. I don't know where I don't know where I want to go with that because. You know, obviously there needs to be science implemented when making decisions like that. I guess in general, do you think, you know, I, Jeff, I know you said that the extended gun season would be better. You like that idea better. Mm-hmm. But do you think, um, you know, they're like, there's this national trend of, of hunter numbers going down. Do you think this, that primary firearm season do you think that's a good way to increase hunter participation or you 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 would rather see other seasons short short seasons opened up at other times of the year well i think the best thing that they can do is allow sunday hunting yeah which is gonna 
you know, effectively double the amount of time that hunters can get out in the state. You know, I mean, that hunters that work a standard work week. Because they've um, got a two-week season, and so if they're only hunting weekends, they only have two Saturdays to hunt versus right. if they add Sundays, now they've doubled. Right. Well, right. and I mean, they're, okay. they're, they're doubling all through, for every season, too, you know? Because... You know, bow season, they'd be doubling the time. Oh, good point. Yeah. You know, so it it, it would, th- that would help. Every, I mean, even for squirrel hunting, you know, it would increase participation because it's giving people more time. Right. Um, you know, and some people work Saturday and have Sunday, Mondays off, you know, and so, and if they want to go hunt with their friends who have Saturday, Sunday off, they can't you right know, yeah. sunday's the overlapping day and so i think that's the the best idea um but yeah i just i don't like the idea of having your opener start on a weekend you know because it it just allows too many people to be in the woods at one time you know you don't get your your privacy if you will right you know i think it's people are going to be stacked up on each other so it's your hunting experience is going to be worse and your safety is going down you know because yeah, I, <clears throat> I mean but a hunter like i mean remember when we were kids going down to the cabin right there's a lot of public land around there i mean there was a lot of shooting happening on opening day and mm-hmm. now I know that's a Monday and I'm sure even back then there were some people, but you know, think about 10 years before that, right. It, I think, you know, it wasn't uncommon for schools to get off for opening day and, you know, it was a bigger deal. And I don't know, did, did, uh, I don't have this answer, but you know, were there more, um, accidents, opening day accidents that, you know, people got hurt because they got shot or. Yeah, I don't know. I don't that's know. a it's a good question. I mean, I know uh, the past two years in Ohio have been pretty dangerous years. You know, and I just think that that's more or less by chance. I believe both of those incidents actually involved a criminal element to them. Oh, really? Uh, So, yeah, yeah, I think both of those incidents had, you know, the people weren't exactly playing by the rules when they accidentally shot someone or accidentally got shot. So that Mm. could, you know, I think, but I think that's a, you know, it looks bad on all of us when someone gets hurt. Sure, yeah. And it kind of, it obviously discourages people from getting in the woods you know because i have non-hunting friends all the time who are you know basically say oh i would never or even friends that bow hunts like i'd never go out gun season i'm afraid of getting shot it's like yeah well it's really not that bad like you know people aren't just slinging lead everywhere right i mean it there is obviously a somewhat of a risk you know, because not everybody's a safe hunter, but yeah. it's typically not that bad. Yeah. You know, I think I've only ever 
ran in the one situation where I felt uncomfortable, you know, and that was on public land. And I'm pretty sure the gentleman was uh, high on something while he was hunting because <laughs> he was he was not right. Yeah, that's uh, that would. That was very. Yeah, that was scary. I uh, evacuated the woods and went to hunt somewhere else. <laughs> Probably a smart idea. Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned bow hunters. Did you look at that uh, QDMA article about the trends, the 10 trends at all? Yeah, I looked at it. Uh, you know, I didn't memorize it, but I. No, yeah. Yeah. I guess <clears throat> one of the other things that I sort of found interesting, which I think everybody's aware of, is is bow hunting is on the rise, right? They, they talk about um, 66% of the total deer harvest happens with a firearm. 23% is with archery, which it doesn't say. Um, says that statistic has grown from 15% in 2000, but it mm-hmm. those numbers don't add up to 100%. So right, I yeah. Who, I had that same question. Um, I'm. I had two thoughts about that, and that one was that either they're considering muzzleloaders, not firearms. That could be because in parentheses they do say rifle slash shotgun, so maybe that's yeah. They've uh, separated out muzzleloading. Because the other thing that it potentially could be, which I I kind of you know also like handgun hunting. Um, but the other thing is I know in some states primitive weapon, like truly primitive weapons are legal, uh, you know, spears and stuff. Oh, okay. So I doubt that that's adding up to much of any percentage. Yeah. I mean, cause I, the firearms and archery numbers adds up to 89%. So that, you know, right. I would be shocked. Right. They're right. accounting for 11%. Right. Yeah. So I'm assuming it's got to be either muzzleloader or handgun. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I know some of the states in the South have a handgun specific season. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. Was there any? I already covered sort of the the hunter density, the bow hunter density thing. We you know we talked about that. I thought that was kind of interesting. And then the um. the deer taken on opening day, one in 10 deer being taken on opening day. Was there anything else interesting in that article that you saw? Well, uh, I, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, there was something that, that intrigued me, uh, and that it was that hunter success rates are going up. Is that correct? Uh, and it says individual hunter success in, 2017 18 41% of hunters shot at least one deer. This was down from 48% in 2011 and ranged oh, okay. from so 12% down. in Arizona to 69% in South Carolina. Okay. Then I got that backwards cuz I was that well then that's even more kind of sad I think because hunter density is going down, you know, the hunting population is going down and the successful hunters are going down so that's and you know without success a lot of people you know that's i think why a lot of people leave the sport is you know it's 
only so much fun to go in the woods and not harvest anything. Yeah. You know, you do that for a few years and you start wondering what, what's the point. Right. Yeah. So that's a good point. And they said, uh, in that same sort of bullet there, they said that, uh, only 15% of hunters shot more than one deer in the 2017, 2018 season. So that's, again, this, these are nationally, but, uh, right. It's good to kind of, I know it's not Ohio specific, but I, I like looking at this stuff as like what's going on in the greater ecosystem of hunting and and deer hunting in the country, just to kind of keep keep your finger on the pulse of that, I guess, and just be aware of sort of the trends, because mm-hmm. I guess, I don't know, it's good, it's interesting. All right, well, anything else you wanted to touch on before we sign off? I don't think so. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I don't think so. I think we touched on everything. So let me see here. The episode with the wives is going to release this coming Tuesday. So I think this episode will release the Tuesday of turkey season. So if you're listening to this, hopefully uh, you got a turkey or hopefully you're going to get out on the weekend and uh, get after some turkeys and hopefully they're gobbling for you. If you're enjoying the show, uh, we just ask that you share the episodes, tell people about it. We're, we're really trying to get the word out. That's the best thing you can do for us. You can also support us by buying our Eat Local t-shirts. And we also have, it's warm up now, you know, so maybe it's not as appealing, but we have hoodies and long sleeve shirts. And so that proceeds from that go to help support the show. And... Uh, like us on Facebook, we're Ohio Huntsman, and follow us on Instagram at Ohio Huntsman Podcast. And with that, just want to thank everybody for listening. Mm-hmm.